This podcast is powered by 7IDP at 7protection.com. Check them out for any mountain bike protection that you need. 7IDP has an assortment of products that can help you stay protected while you're out on your bike. 7IDP, intelligent design protection for the male and female athletes. Thank you, 7IDP, for the podcast support. Also, Special thank you to MyMotivationalTees.com, MyMotivationalTees.com, the only place that houses the segment apparel. Okay, folks, my special guest today is Sonia Looney, an American women's mountain bike professional athlete. She does endurance trials, 100 milers, 24-hour races and stage races across the world. On top of that, she is a bad mama jamma, just entering into motherhood while juggling entrepreneurship and uh, soon to be a coaching application for her to really help people reach their potential and do epic things. In fact, this is from her website here. I help active and driven people learn how to build a resilient inner narrative using positive psychology mental toughness and mindfulness based techniques to help people find more fulfillment every day i can help you enjoy challenges explore your potential and find more energy and fulfillment in life and that pretty much sums up the podcast i really had a great uh discussion with her about mindfulness thoughtfulness appreciation and gratitude hope you guys enjoy this show she's an amazing amazing person i'm really happy i had the chance to talk with her Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Sonia Looney. And we are live. Hello, everybody. Um, hey, Sonia. Thank you for being on tonight. It's good. It's really good. I'm really excited to talk to you. I actually woke up in the middle of the night last night like, tomorrow, Sonia Looney. Oh. She's coming on the podcast. <laughs> uh so you're in, are you in Canada right now? Is that where you live? Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people don't realize that I'm actually American and I moved here about, well, it depends on how long you've been following my racing, but I moved here about seven and a half years ago, um, originally from New Mexico, but now I get to do all the gnarly riding in British Columbia. Mm, I saw on there Squamish, um, all that. So that's, uh, you're talented. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm talented, but I would say that, you know, committing to get committed to getting better every day mm. um, and committed to working hard. So yeah. I love I love that. In fact, I know that I was looking at your website and one of your goals is to help people, you know, achieve or see their potential. But do I mean, literally do epic shit is what you have put on there. And um, and, and I just love that. And I want to get into the mindset about all of that. Um, for the folks who may have heard of your name and followed you, as well as for the folks who um, are brand new to you, can you give us a little bit of a background on who you are? Yeah, I mean, I could go on. Uh, I have a, quite an interesting, diverse background, but I guess the law, I'll do the short version. That way people don't fall asleep listening. <laughs> um, basically... I did my master's degree in electrical engineering and I wanted to become a pro mountain biker. And that was my dream was to become a pro mountain biker. Mm. And it was different from what my family had wanted for me and what I grew up hearing. I grew up hearing, you know, you should be an academic. And I was, and 
you should be practical and you should follow this path because it's the safe path. And it was very surprising to a lot of my family members when I said, no, I really want to be a pro mountain biker, which in their mind sounded like this crazy thing. Hmm. Um, and it was a crazy thing for me until I met like-minded people who also were believing in me and believing in themselves going for the same dream. So that was my dream. And I worked hard at it for 10 years before I truly made something. I mean, I became a professional early on because I don't think, um, like for me, I had a background as an athlete, so I was able to make that jump quickly, but to be somebody that could quit my job and fully committed to being a professional racer was something that took like 10 years. And a lot of times people think it's, you know, overnight success or it was so easy for people. And it, it's, it's amazing to be able to have heroes and to look up to people, but it's important to also realize that there is a lot that goes into achieving success and success is never an end point. Mm. It's like whenever you're climbing a mountain, whenever you're riding up a hill on your bike, at the top of each hill is just another, is just another hill or that, that yeah. technical thing that you rode for the first time you're excited, but then eventually that becomes easy and then you want more challenges. Mm. So I'm somebody that really values personal growth, hard work, um, and health and that just wants to be better every day and help bring everybody else with me along the way. I love that. When you started mountain biking and decided you wanted to be pro, was there an influence that, that got you into the sport? Because you said it was kind of foreign to your parents, the idea. I think that just when I like to do, when I find something I like, I like to do it at a really high level. And mm. my first dream for myself was to be a professional soccer player. Oh, now wow. I was in like second grade, <laughs> but that was the first, the first thing, like when kids have their dream of that thing, they wanted to be, my dream was to be like Mia Hamm. And I had Mia Hamm's poster on the wall and mm. that came out of a magazine. And just, that's such an important example of having strong female role models for other little girls to show mm -hmm. them that it's okay to dream big. It's okay to, to want to maybe do things that other people aren't doing. And then I was a tennis player for a really long time and I wanted to become a professional tennis player. So I think becoming a professional athlete was something that I wanted my whole life, but it didn't seem really achievable to me until I found cycling. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Did a lot of the, can you say a lot of your athleticism from tennis help transition over into mountain biking in a way? Um, I don't think so. In fact, I'd love, I, I want to go back and play tennis now. Cause we're going to talk about mindset and mental skills in a minute, but mm -hmm. I didn't have any of those things when I was a tennis player. And if anyone's ever read the inner game of tennis, tennis is a, a deeply mental, there's a lot of skill, but there's also a mental sport. But for me, it was from, um, running. And when I was 18, 17, I decided I was going to start running and I ran my first marathon when I was 18. And it wasn't until I found endurance sports, which was marathon running that I realized that I actually had confidence in myself and mm. that I was capable of doing hard things. And with all the other achievements I had in my life, I was a musician and like I was good in school and it just, none of those things were enough. I always felt sort of insecure and people picked on me and I just mm. didn't come into my own until I found running. And running was what I think really helped lift me and elevate me in cycling more quickly because I had already been working on myself as an endurance athlete. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. That transition of endurance and confidence, confidence, as we know, is such a big one when it comes to any sport, but specifically in the mountain biking world, because we all know when we've had those crashes, 
confidence is one of the first things that spills out along with your visor or your sunglasses or whatever you have <laughs> that falls out on the trail. And it's hard to get that back sometimes. But um, l- let's get into the that mental aspect because I think that's a good spot to jump into it. When it comes to uh, the mentality of confidence um, and finding that confidence in your enduro running, what what was the what was the light switch moment that that brought that to you or that changed that thought process in your mind that you know I'm getting confidence from this? Confidence. I mean, I've been reverse engineering all these things that have helped me get to where I am um, mm-hmm. the last several years because people would ask me like, "How are you so positive? How are you so confident?" And confidence is a skill. Confidence is something that can be learned. And confidence comes from the voice inside your head, the voice that has to be credible saying, I've done hard things in my life. Um, Or maybe I'm just starting to do hard things. And you look back at the things that you've done and each thing that you've done is a stepping stone and a building block to a never ending masterpiece called your confidence. And as a runner, I was brave enough to try running because mm-hmm. I had found success in tennis. Um, I was brave enough to sign up for a mountain bike race because I thought, well, I can run a marathon. I can do anything. And with cycling, like it takes confidence just to show up for a start to a start line for a race. It takes confidence to even go out on a group ride. If you're, if you don't like racing it, because it requires you to put yourself out there in some ways, whenever you, whenever you take on challenges, you are putting yourself out there where people can see you potentially come up short Mm. and you will come up short. That's life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So confidence is being able to dust yourself off and keep going regardless of having a setback and viewing that setback as an opportunity and a way to get better Mm. instead of, um, instead of proof that you're not good enough. I love that. Yeah. I mean, failure really is just the stepping stone, of, of the teacher, right? So you, you fail, you fall short of something, but you know, it doesn't define you. I I love that mindset on your own. Was that just part of your personality or did you have help along the way with, with that mental process? It was something that I learned by doing along the way. And really I learned it my first year of graduate school and I had never really failed big in my life until that year. And it's still argue. You can still argue that I didn't really fail big that year, but, um, I had always found success at everything I did. I was successful in school. I was successful in sports. Um, and I, I just worked hard and it all worked out. But whenever I went to grad school, I moved to Colorado to, um, Boulder, Colorado on my own. Um, and I was in the PhD program for electrical engineering. Holy jeez. And it was my first year as a professional racer and I bit off more than I could chew. I I signed up for like, well, in in grad school, nine hours, nine credit hours, three classes Mm -hmm. is considered a lot. And in my program, people are like, don't sign up for that much. That's too much the first semester. And I said, I can do it. And I never worked so hard in my life. And in school, I got two B's and a B minus, which doesn't sound bad, but in, in a PhD program like that, that's a 2.9 GPA and that's considered failing out of the program. So I actually Mm. had to write a letter and have the Dean sign it. So I didn't get kicked out of the program because I got two B's and a B minus. And I was somebody that got straight A's my, like my entire life. Um, so that was a big deal. And then also that year it was my first year as a pro and I was used to doing well. 
And I thought that I would be able to just, you know, not win races, but at least be finishing in the top half. And I, I wasn't, I was definitely near the back at almost every race. Mm. Um, I would be crying in my races and there was mm. a reckoning. Like why, why was I crying? Well, I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt shame. I felt like I wasn't good enough. And that was a really important turning point in my life that year was I realized that I thought people only loved me if I was achieving mm. and yoga and like Buddhism and the things I learned in, in yoga is what helped me realize all these different things of being a perfectionist and realizing that love comes from within, like learning to love yourself based on, um, intrinsic things that you've done and not needing validation from other people, uh, is a really hard lesson to learn and it's kind of life's work. Yeah, my gosh, that's a lot to, to learn. That's a lot to take off in that take on in that year. And, and it sounds like your first year is racing, you know, you're really battling probably when you were crying and feeling all those things, those are all normal things to feel, but it's probably also battling a little bit of ego. If you had been doing so well, so successful, you had all that on your plate that one year, um, as far as, you know, with Buddhism and things like that, did you find a way to maybe don't want to call it a villain, but if, if ego and, and self-doubt and, and negative self-talk is the villain in your brain, um, were there certain tricks and tips and ways that you learned how to overcome that thought? Yeah. The first thing is to realize what you're saying to yourself. Um, I never thought about what my narrative was uh, at that point. Hmm. And I mean, even if you don't aspire to anything in Buddhism, if you go to a yoga class, it's connecting breath to movement. And a lot of yoga instructors lead a meditation, a very short one, or even just a a body uh, scan at the end of class when you're in the final Shavasana. So it was the first time that I had realized that I needed to tune into the voices I was saying to myself, the things I was saying, were they true? Um, Why was I saying those things to myself? And I also learned that self-acceptance is important and it's okay to be here right now in this present moment. And, um, taking me along that path, I I wanted to start reading about all these different incredible meditation instructors and and things that they teach and and things about the world. And that really helped me a lot. Wow. So this was probably your getting into your second year of racing is when you were starting to unfold a lot of this mental aspects of this, or is this kind of a few years into your career as a professional? Um, this is my second year as a professional that I started looking into this stuff and it took a really long time for me to, um, I mean, I still have to work on it, right? Like Mm self-compassion is a really difficult thing. There's lots of meditations for self-compassion and also Dr. Kristen Neff is a researcher in self-compassion who I've had the luxury to talk to on my podcast, but Mm -hmm. many of us are very critical of ourselves. In fact, the things that we say to ourselves, we would never say to somebody that we care about. So being aware of that narrative is just so incredibly important. And then learning that you can change that. You can, you can reframe that. And resilience comes from looking at an adversity. Um, And then the next thing is noticing what your thoughts and feelings are about that adversity, the consequence of that, and then asking if those beliefs about that are actually true. Hmm. And a lot of times they aren't. And you're able in that moment to be able to change your narrative, change what you're saying to yourself about what just happened. And that reframe requires um, self-awareness and mindfulness to know in the moment that you're doing it, because it does not feel good whenever things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. And this isn't about ignoring, ignoring difficult emotions. Um, It's not about um, like 
you have to accept these difficult emotions, but it's being able to be viewing it from a, a higher, you know, you're, you're up in the sky, looking down at the clouds, realizing I am not the clouds. I am the sky in this moment. And mm -hmm. I'm able to move past this. Yeah. So well said to be able to just kind of have that self-reflection and, and care for yourself to realize, you know, are these emotions, are these things that I'm telling myself that's starting these emotions, are these things actually true? Are they real? And having the ability to change that. That's, uh, I love what you said. Uh, we have uh, one of our audience members tonight is MTB Allen. He has a, a fantastic uh, YouTube channel and also he's a fellow podcaster. He asks, I hope this isn't too weird of a question. Do you hear those voices in your voice or are there other voices in there? So maybe, for example, people who may have taught you things, maybe you're hearing them tell you certain things or, um, you know, in, in that aspect. Yeah, that's a really great question. And yeah, I would say there are other voices. <laughs> I sound crazy. All the voices in my head. No, we all have them. <laughs> like people are listening to this podcast or watching this podcast right now and mm -hmm. you might walk away tomorrow and you might hear something in your own head it might it might be in your own voice but it might be something that you heard that you repeat to yourself a mantra or something useful that that you learned um i, I love podcasts i love audiobooks and a lot of the things that i learn become my narrative mm -hmm. and i think that's why it's so incredibly important to put good things in because if you're putting in like taking in too much negativity um and too much things, too, too many things that are going to drag you down or surrounding yourself with people who are going to drag you down, that becomes your narrative. And it's mm -hmm. a learned thing. And our brain can rewire itself for positivity. Um, it's called neuroplasticity. So it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. awesome that we have the ability and the, the choice to do that. It's so, it's very cool. I, I had a, since we're in the neuro side of the discussion, um, you know, the reticular activation system. I, I, I love that. I love the thought behind that. I actually had um, lost two twin babies uh, in 2016 and felt like it was just a terrible place to be. Obviously, it was actually really terrible. But I learned about the reticular activating system. And for the folks out there who are unaware, I mean, Sonia, help me if I'm if I'm messing this up, because this is totally bro science right now. <laughs> But it's, it's that bundle of nerves in the back of your brain that helps you filter out, you know, a million different things coming at you. So some of those are the thought processes that you're, you're um, thinking about, what you're allowing in. You know, the perfect popular example is I'm thinking of a red car. I just got a red car. All I see are red cars everywhere. So um, I was able to help use that reticular activating system to help get me out of a dark spot, out of a spot that was very... Um, you know, it's overwhelming and, and, and critical at, at the moment, but using those positive things and, and different types of motivation and, and things mentally helped me get not only through that section, but, you know, I was able to become the number one representative in my company for that year, like all these things to overcome that normally wouldn't be there. But uh, anyways, do you, do you use practices in that reticular activation system to allow things in like goals and or seeing things often, like maybe putting something on your cell phone over and over again type of stuff? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Like, I can't imagine. Um, oh. I have a baby. I have a baby. So just like that's a very real thought. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry that that happened. But oh, I'm so glad that you're able to find something that could help you 
through that mm-hmm. difficult time. And that seems to be helping now too. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So much. So, so, so much. So, I mean, when I found, for example, finding mountain biking and then seeing, um, what you were putting out there and around the mental aspect, I'm like, man, this is, this is perfect because I think there are so many new writers due to COVID. Um, there are a lot of writers who are, you know, they've been out there for a while, but everyone seems to go through the same phases of uh, weaning and waxing confidence, right? So you take a spill, you lose it. How do you get it back? Or sometimes you go, you get on the trail and you say, man, I'm just not feeling it today. I feel weird. And then you end up crashing. (laughs) So it's so important to to put those things in your mind. Um, When we're talking about somebody like you at this high level that are doing these ultra endurance races, these hundred milers and folks um, in 2015, Miss Sonia Looney here was uh, the world champion for, was it the 24 hour 100 miler? Is that what it was for? Uh, it was a 24 hour world. So basically you ride, around, you ride around in circles for 24 hours and whoever rides the most circles wins. <laughs> that, and so, I mean, at, at that level, you know, everyone probably shows up, everyone's been training, everyone's in great shape, but the probably the biggest factor is the mentality factor, wouldn't you say, or... Yes, to to a degree. Um, it's it's hard to say, you know, me- me- the mental space and not quitting when it gets hard. Mm-hmm. For twenty four hour racing, I do hundred milers, I do stage races around the world. The part that keeps you going and keeps you get like, especially for multi day races, getting up and getting on your bike when everything hurts, like that part is hard. And whenever um, you have some adversity along the way, like in a 24 hour race, nothing is going to go right the entire time. Like you're going to have something happen Um, in stage races. You're not going to feel good every day and something will happen in hundred milers, same thing. So it's what you do in those moments when you want to quit and looking back at um, previous experiences and looking back or looking inward of what am I saying to myself right now? Is it true? Is it permanent? Um, those are things that help get you through it. And also, like you mentioned, the red car example, mm-hmm. looking for the red car and now you see it everywhere. Well, that's why we hear about gratitude practices. Mm. Um, because when you start writing down or thinking about or talking about things that you're grateful for every single day, and you know that you're going to be talking about it later, you start looking for it all day long. So that red car becomes things you're grateful for in your life. Um, and that's incredibly powerful because it shifts the lens at which, how you look at things and how you can apply that in a race or just a difficult part of your life type scenario is yeah. Like things might really suck right now. And for a lot of people, guess what? They do suck right now because it's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's still being able to find and grab onto little tiny things that mean something to you. And they don't have to be big and they don't have to make everything all better, but just knowing that they're there and knowing that you just like, for me, it's like noticing a flower or a rock that looks nice or on a walk or, or like seeing my shadow from the moon or just like little things like that make a big difference in the end Mm. because they compound. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And, And the same goes for positivity. Like if you choose to look around you every day and look for all the negative things, then that's how you're going to view the world. But if you start, and it's hard if you have a, a negative lens, but if you start trying to look for even one thing a day and making it into a positive thing, um, 
then your brain will start working that way. And it's pretty interesting, the field of positive psychology. And it's like in 1998, that's when that field became really big. And, and it's Martin Seligman's work at Penn. And it's just, there's so much information that's so useful out there. I highly encourage people to, to start doing their own um, reading about it. There's so much. Yeah, I, I love that. That's definitely the, uh, the, I get to versus the I have to mentality. You know, I, I, I get to go to work today or I get to do this thing. I get to do this podcast, uh, versus the other things like, you know, I have to, I have to go to work and, and this and that one. Thousands and thousands of people would probably love to, um, be in your shoes and, and go to work and earn money for their families and feed their, feed their kiddos. Man, I, I love that. What, um, I was listening to one of your podcasts and I think it was, uh, was it Joanna and she was getting into the mindset stuff as well. And one of the things she had talked about was, um, using kind of like, uh, using a, what, what would you call it? Like you're almost, you're not forecasting something negative, but you're actually thinking if something does go wrong in the race, you're starting to like visualize about something like that and then using that to your advantage is is that kind of what she was talking about yeah so visualization and mental imagery are a Mm -hmm. part of mental training for an event and it's i think the ratio is 80 percent visualize the things that you want to have happen but for 20 percent of the time you need to be visualizing things that that might not go well and having a contingency plan so that you're not surprised when they happen to you and I'll give you guys a, an example. Um, I, I can't remember the details of it, but it's, it's Michael Phelps, the the swimmer. Yeah. And it was one of the Olympics or world championships or one of one of his events where he set a record and he had visualized all these different things in, in scenarios, including like what would happen if bad things happen. And sure enough, he starts, he jumps in the water and somehow his goggles end up filling with water. And he still, he had, he had planned ahead in his mind for this scenario, what would happen. And he still was able to win or set the record that day. And this Mm. can happen. Um, you know, even if you don't race, if you're out on a bike ride and you have a flat tire or you have a crash and like visualizing how you're going to get through that can be really helpful. And it's really stressful whenever things go wrong, especially when there's um, a number plate on your bike. But also having perspective about the thing going wrong, like maybe you do have a flat tire or you get lost or something goes horribly wrong. That's just one, one thing that happened. Um, that event may have been really important to you, but in the grand scheme of things, if you think big picture in your life, that's not going to be the last event that you do. There's going to be more. So being able to look for the things that were good about that event and things that you are proud of, despite what happened can turn it into something that isn't this horrible event that you just had. Mm, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really, that's really good. I, I, man, everything that you're saying is, is so awesome. Uh, Mark never crashes. <laughs> Alan says, actually, that's definitely not true. I got some bruises here on my hip. <laughs> from uh, crashes, guys. <laughs> yeah. I've been for 17 years and I still crash. <laughs> crashes are are definitely part of it. It's not, uh, what's the saying? It's not, it's not, if I'm going to crash, it's when, right? When, yeah. <laughs> um, when, when you're specifically preparing for a race, um, I mean, well, actually let's talk about right now with the whole COVID going on, are your races still, are they still booked or are they all been postponed? Where, where are you with those? Well, everything this year, there was, there were no races. I live in Canada um, and there's like really strict rules about 
like gatherings and things. So there was no races here and then leaving wasn't really an option. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to be with my baby anyway. Yeah. Um, so Congratulations, no- by the way, oh, mama. Thank you. <laughs> um, I got a built-in maternity leave, like silver lining. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But so next year, yes, my my sponsors are like, what's your race schedule? And it does. It feels weird to say, okay, this is what my schedule is because I don't know when I'm racing again. And mm-hmm. I have a little bit of extra like – I don't want to use the word anxiety, but a little bit of like uncertain feelings around my next race because I got pregnant the middle of the summer last year. So that means I stopped racing the middle of the summer last year and I didn't race this year. So by the time, you know, there's finally a race that I can go to, to, it probably will have been almost two years or, you know, a year and a half since I raced my bike and I've had a baby since then. And um, I'd like to put to say, yeah, like I, I'm as strong as I was before I had the baby. And some months I am and some months I'm not because life happens. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't know what to expect of myself when I show up to that next start line. And there is uncertainty there. And um, I think it's important to start where you are, um, you know, put racing out of it. Many people's lives have changed this year. Like people have to homeschool their kids or maybe people have lost family members, you know, that's that's a big toll on you. That's huge job. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that happen. So trying to start where you are with whatever it is that you're, you know, post post pandemic Mm -hmm. um, and having a little bit of, 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 of grace with yourself and not comparing yourself to where you were at the peak of your game is really important. Now, of course I want to go and I want to win these races, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to be. And it's scary to say that out loud, especially in a public forum. But I, I do know that like, number one, I can't control what other people are doing. I can't control, um, how fast other people are going to be. I can't control like what my luck is going to be on that day, but I can control what I do every single day, my daily actions. And Regardless of whether I'm on top of my game today or tomorrow, um, I commit to showing up. And that was my mantra when I was pregnant as well. And I rode until the day my son was born and I was able to get back on my bike a week and a half after that. Um, But showing up and committing to my process and committing to do my best with where I'm at. And my best today might not be my best yesterday or a week ago, or might be even better. But it's really important to keep that perspective because if you're always comparing yourself to the top of your game, like maybe your life has changed a little bit and maybe you can't be at that top level today and it'll take some time to get back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the good news is, is, I mean, the silver lining there is all of the, your colleagues, competitors, fellow racers are in the same, you know, same boat in their own way. They're all facing their own things. They're all training in their own way and it'll be very interesting for everybody. So it'll be good to see, um, where you land. Cause I know, you know, doing the research on you, you have definitely for the folks that are watching this, that are Sonia's competitors, you guys better step it up because she's not, she's not laying it down at all during this whole pandemic time. <laughs> um, so with that, when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, training and the processes, how much of that and, and actually, you know, being a mom with a kiddo has it become more difficult for your schedule to to get in the nutrition that you need, to get in the the cardio, the strength training, all all the different things, or has that become easier now that you have uh, a little one in your life? Oh, it's become way harder. Um, we were planning to have childcare, not like 
a live-in nanny type thing, which would be awesome if I could have that. But yeah, we were planning to get, you know, childcare so I could quote, go back to work. But because of the pandemic, we're not comfortable having somebody come in and, and help us. Mm-hmm. So that means that when I train, my husband has to take off work so that I can train. So he takes two hours off of work every day. So I have that time to get out on my bike. Um, and it sounds like a lot, but it's actually not that much because it's two, it's, it's like two hours. So if I'm not in my dress, ready to go, ready to clip in on my bike and take off down the driveway, the second he pulls in, now the clock is ticking and that I'm never ready to go right when he shows up. Mm, I don't know about you guys, but it takes forever to get ready to ride and (laughs) carrying a baby around um, is a lot harder. And then you get home from your ride and it's like, okay, you have to feed the, you have to feed the baby has to come first. Your recovery is like, that's the last thing you might not take a shower until eight o'clock at night. Um, you know, after the kid goes to bed and I'm not complaining, I love my life. I'm so happy. And I love my little guy. We're back. There we go. <laughs> um, we, we lost you. I, we love, you love your little guy. Yeah. I love my little guy. Like I can't train, I can't train as many hours as I could before. I can't be focused on recovery like I could before. And I might be able to at a later date, um, you know, after all this, this is over, but I'm not sorry for it. Like I don't wish it any other way. I love that. I get to spend all this extra time. I don't have the pressure of racing. I don't have the stress of, um, trying to travel with him everywhere across multiple time zones. Like, it, it's fine. It, I wish I could train more. I wish I had more time for all those things. I wish I had more time for work. But in the grand scheme of things, I tell myself, especially on the days when I get frustrated, and today was one of those days, by the way, mm. I say, well, what's really important to me? Is it better for me to be 1% faster or 10% faster at my next race? Or is it important that I look back and I remember spending time with my baby? Like, mm. what's more important? And yeah. It doesn't mean that those things, you know, all the other things in my life aren't important and they are very important to me and I'm incredibly driven and I love um, all the things that I get to do, mm-hmm. but it's keeping things in perspective again and racing and um, all the things I've learned through that have really helped me as a parent and helped me with like being resilient and helped me with, yeah, keeping things in perspective and, and being comfortable, like being uncomfortable, frankly. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's definitely um, not easy to do, and um, that's a lot to juggle, you know. And it's demanding. As a as a parent, I I, I totally get you. <laughs> I totally get you. Some some days are, what do they say? The days are the days sometimes go by so slow, but the years will go by really fast. They say. <laughs> um, we have uh, another one of the guests here. This is the uh, um, the head of Transcend MTB. He's here. His name is Ernie. Um, he actually used a lot of what we're talking about mindset on the mountain bike. He was, uh, his story, he was almost 400 pounds at one point in time and uh, had all these different different uh, comorbidities, diabetes, um, clogged artery, had to get uh, surgery for all that, depression, anxiety, and used uh, mountain biking and mindset to uh, become who he is today. And I think Ernie, if, I, if I'm wrong, he has over 1,600 um, riders in, in his group across the nation, wow. which is really, yeah, really impressive. Go, Ernie. Well, welcome to the welcome to the show tonight. Thank you. Glad that you are here. 
He says, what's up, everyone? <laughs> I love all the comments. This is so fun. Yeah, this is good, guys. We Don't don't be uh, afraid. Oh, here we go. We have another one. Joe Duarte, MMA. The yes. <laughs> the Ernimal, he says. He's calling you the Ernimal. Uh, Joe Duarte, another one of those guys, uh, came here from the small village out of Guam with a dream to become a professional fighter and ended up becoming a professional wow. MMA fighter in the UFC and in strike force. And uh, if you go to his house, he's got the belts on the wall and everything. And uh, a lot of that was mindset. A lot of that was, as he would say, just, you know, getting on the island and burning the boats. Badass. Go Joe. Yeah. Joe Duarte, everybody. Um, so speaking of another badass, the one that I have here on the line, Miss Sonia Looney, um, I am just so impressed with everything that you've done. Uh, I saw that you were a TEDx speaker. You are starting your own business, trying, you know, coaching people. You're getting a certification, I read, in, in order to do that. Can you talk a little bit about um, what you're setting up there? Because I think that's so helpful for, especially for today. Yeah. So my, um, it, it kind of stemmed from my podcast and my writing over the years. Like, I love high performance living, and that means mindset, it means nutrition, and that means different stories that we like to read and take in. Um, so I've been writing about all this stuff for years, but based on like stuff I've taught myself. And then I thought, well, I want to do this on a bigger level. So the first thing I did was I got a Cornell certification in plant-based nutrition. Um, mm. I'd already been studying it for like at least five years. So it was nice just to take that course. And then now it's, it's actually pr way more intense than I was originally planning, but um, I'm doing a program through Vanderbilt University and in their integrative medicine program, and it's for health coaching. So there's actually a board certified health coaching um, certification that you can get. And it's it's like hundreds of hours of work that go into it, um, university program. So that's been pretty cool to do. And you can take that in lots of different directions. This board certification actually enables you to work in the medical community, like in hospitals and environments to help people make positive changes in their lives. You can also have a private practice. I'm planning to do both. Um, Cause my goal and, and the thing that the thing that gets me up in the morning is I just love helping people realize their potential so that they can be better and feel more fulfilled in their lives and making positive change isn't always easy. And being able to be a guide is something that's super cool. And I just, it just sort of happened naturally based on my love of learning and teaching. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's going to be probably another year before I get that actual certification because the program ends in April or April or May. And then I have like a hundred hours um, of training I have to do after that before I after can take the board exam. So it's, it's a pretty serious um, in-depth program, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> Yes, yes. If there's anything we've learned, you you definitely work hard and, and do well at what you do. You put it all out there. Um, if people want to follow you and follow that journey and even be coached by you, whether it be nutrition or mindset, um, how can they how can they follow you today and then eventually get to the point where they can be coached by you? I'd say if you really want um, the tips and the the good juicy information, my newsletter is the best place to get that. SonyaLooney.com slash newsletter. And I send out a newsletter every Sunday. Sometimes it goes out on Monday, but usually every Sunday with a thought of the week that is like a mini blog post, a question for you to contemplate, and then the podcast of the week. Um, mm. I'm also really active on Instagram and, and all the social platforms, but especially on Instagram, it's Sonya Looney and the number one. And that is more mountain bike 
focused, but I also have like plant powered Academy, which is a private, um, Facebook group and Instagram account where I give people nutrition tips and it's a community. And I have a, another company I started called Moxie and grit. And right now, um, it's been really fun and inspiring and hilarious socks and apparel, but yes. I yes, coffee yeah. mugs. Yeah. <laughs> Those are awesome. Um, earmuffs. And I'm building out Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy and a journal. So that's a big project I'm working on as well. Mm, I love it. You got so much stuff going on. You've done <laughs> TED Talks. You are, ladies and gentlemen, she is in the top 100 of podcasts. Her show, the Sonia Looney Show. How, how many episodes? You have, I, 200 and you're up there now. 200 and something Today shows. I did the intro for episode 225. So that's... A- it's crazy when you think about it, but that's that example I gave like at the very beginning. You just do a little bit every day, even if it doesn't seem like a big deal, just do a little bit every day and it, it compounds like 1% today compounds to a lot of percent later down the road and it's just being consistent and sticking with it. Mm, I love it. I love it. Sonia, I know you have a hard stop at, at eight o'clock and so we're up against that um, pretty close to that. But as far as the one thing, that you would love to share that to get out to everybody, um, whether it be mindset, mountain biking, your podcast, anything, what would, what would you most like to share with the people that are watching this live or the people that will be listening to this in the future? I just want people to know that you're so much more capable than you give yourself credit for. And the only way to really start realizing that potential is by doing hard things and getting outside your comfort zone. And it doesn't have to be crazy things. It could be something really small, but just start because you're never going to feel ready. There's never going to be the perfect time. And all these amazing people who have commented, um, Ernamal and Joe, and I'm probably forgetting someone, uh, someone else, but um, you know, people have done amazing things in their lives. Every mm-hmm. single person, not just me. And it's by taking that first step and then staying on the path, especially when it gets hard. So just, just get out there. Um, you know, look at the stories you're telling yourself, surround yourself with awesome people and you can do it. Oh man. Well said by a very, very, in my opinion, talented, hardworking and great achiever, Sonia Looney, who's going to have amazing, awesome impact on so many lives. Um, if you guys want to continue to follow her, Check her podcast out, The Sonia Looney Show, definitely in the top 100 of podcasts. Follow her on Instagram at Sonia Looney One. Um, and with that, Sonia, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Um, just so everybody knows, I know Sonia has a, a team that helps her out with this. And I just reached out to her on Instagram and messaged her. Not that, you know, it just, you're so, um, wonderful and so easy to talk to. And uh, I was, I'm just greatly, greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Thanks again, Sonia. All right, folks. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Sonia Looney. What an amazing athlete. If you want to learn more about Sonia, you can follow her. You can actually go to her website at sonyalooney.com. That's S-O-N-Y-A-L-O-O-N-E-Y.com and sign up for her newsletter there. Again, that's sonyalooney.com. If you want to follow her on the Instagram, you can follow her there at sonyalooney1. Again, on the IG, she is at sonyalooney1. 
one. Don't forget, folks, you can do epic stuff, and people like Sonia Looney can always remind us of that. In fact, in the near future, look out for her to be coaching folks who are looking to get their life to the next level. Special thank you to 7IDP for powering these podcasts. Again, that's 7 Intelligent Design Protection. Mountain bike gear for both the male and female athlete. Check them out at 7protection.com. Again, that's 7protection.com. And see if there is any protective gear that you may need. Because it's always better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And finally, thank you to MyMotivationalTees.com. MyMotivationalTees.com is an inspirational positive apparel company. And they are the only company that hosts the segment apparel. All right, guys. Hope you guys are pulling up to your trails or just got done with the epic ride. Hope you guys are safe and getting the stoke on. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.